glad that you have joined us today. No matter where you are right now, we're glad that you're joining us in the house of the Lord. Man, it's going to be a powerful Sunday. In fact, we would love to know where you're at today, what you're doing, who you're watching Living Church with. And so do me a favor. Take a selfie. Post a picture. Tag us at Living Church. Use the hashtag Living Church at home. We even have a giveaway this week for those of you who join in the fun. Man, we want to engage with you. We want to connect with you. You know, the church has never been about the building and even more so now. We know that we are the body of Christ no matter where we are. Getting connected together here online, man, it's an exciting thing that we get to do today. If you're the parent of any living kids, we sent out an email this morning with a link to our YouTube page so that you can go online and let them be a part of living kids at home today. You can find it also on our Facebook page or on our YouTube. Just Google Living Church. Just search Living Church on our YouTube page and they can join in on the fun this morning as we all engage in worshiping our good, our mighty, our powerful God this morning. Stand up wherever you are. Let's engage in worship together. Man, we're excited to celebrate what God is doing in his house today. Let's go. my 
my mourning into dancing. You turn my sorrow into joy. You take my heart and captivate it with your love, with your love. Forever you are good, good, good. Forever you are good, good, good. Forever you are good, good, good.
will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sins and restore their land. My eyes will be open, says God, and my ears attended to every prayer made in this place. So as we continue and pray together, know that God is listening and God will answer our needs this morning. We're going to pray together for every need that is presented today, whether it's said out loud or typed or whatever, that God would listen and provide. We're going to pray for healing upon our land. And we're going to pray protection and provision in Jesus' name. Let's pray together. God, we thank you that we can trust in you amongst chaos and uncertainty. That we can call upon your name and in your name alone there is strength and power. God, we pray peace over families and minds in Jesus' name. We bind anxiety and fear in Jesus' name. And we pray assurance and, and, Lord, a direction to faith and trust in what your word says. Lord, we pray protection over our people. We pray protection over our land. God, we pray healing for those who have already struggled through sicknesses. God, we pray that you will be glorified, that your healing power would be shown, God. Lord, we pray provision in every area that needs provision. We stand knowing there is power in prayer because we trust the God who is mighty. We trust the God who is faithful, that your character says yes and amen. Lord, we thank you and we can't wait to see how you will be glorified even in this. We thank you for each family and we pray provision and protection and health over each one. In Jesus' name we pray. Let's continue to worship with an attitude knowing that we are worshiping a God who is mighty and faithful. Amen. You unravel me with a melody And you surround me with a song Of deliverance from my enemies Till all my fears are gone I want every voice I'm no longer a slave Who oh, I am a child of God I'm no longer a slave Who oh, I am a child of God Protect me, Father. And from my mother's womb, you have chosen me. Your love has called my name. I've been born again into your family. Your blood flows through my veins. Yes. I'm no longer a slave to fear. Oh, I am a child of God. I'm no longer a slave to fear. Oh, I am a child of God. So I'm no longer a slave. Oh, I 
time. Come on, one more time, every voice we sing. I'm no longer a slave here. Yeah. I am a child of God. Oh, Jesus, we lift up our own to you. Listen to what our heart has to say. Oh, Jesus, in this moment, Lord, hear my cry. We sing, oh, oh, oh. Come on, wherever you're at, lift it up. Come on, he knows what it means. nothing left to say oh, one more time we sing oh, 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 every voice in, oh, 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 we sing it all Drowned in perfect love. Yes, Jesus, you rescued me so I can stand and sing. I am a child of God. You split the sea, Lord. Yep. You split the sea so I can walk right through it. And my fears were drowned in perfect love. Yes, Jesus, you rescued me so I can stand and sing. I am a child of God. Yes, I am. I am a child of God. Full of faith and wonder. I am a child of God. Oh, Jesus. I'm no longer a slave here yet. Oh, I am a child. Come on, wherever you at, begin to sing that. I'm no longer a slave here. Oh, I am a child of God. I'm no longer a slave. To anxiety, Lord. Oh, I am a child of God. No, I'm no longer a slave to anxiety, Jesus. Oh, I am a child of God. Come on. I'm no longer to fear, to fear, yes. Oh, I am a child of God. I don't have to fear. I'm no longer a slave no. Oh, I am a child of God. 
Just for a moment, church, wherever you're at, his presence is not a building. His presence is your sound, your heart lifting up your worship, your gratitude. He can meet you in your living room, in your car, on your way to work. Come on, lift it up, press in wherever you're at, church. Hallelujah. Begin to thank him. Oh, we thank you, Jesus. We're thankful, Lord. Yeah. Thank you, Jesus. Father God, right now, Jesus, we just sit in your presence. God, we sit in your presence. We're leaning into your presence this morning. Full of thanksgiving and full of gratitude, Jesus. Thank you for bringing us back to the heart of worship worship's not a building it's not a location God but it's when we come face to face with you God in your presence God and that's what we're doing as a church God as a community Jesus we're stepping into your presence God we thank you Jesus in your name amen wherever you're at can you just lift God up a shout of praise that you can come on shake your home come on Living church, you're speaking some truth. We were singing some truth right now. You were singing that over your lives, over your family, over the situation, over what seems like the world, the world is kind of kind of lost, kind of scared, kind of confused right now. But what you were singing this morning, I'm I'm not gonna be scared because I'm a child of God, because I'm a son, because I'm a daughter of Christ. And I know that my God got me. You're singing that over your families, over your, over your situation, over your financial, over your job, over all the things. And so I thank you, Living Church, for singing along with us and stepping into faith with us because God is good. I'm telling you, he has a plan and God is good and he got your back. Thank you so much for worshiping with us. Before we go on any further and continue on with service, check out this awesome video. already been such an incredible day and we're so grateful that you've joined us online you know we want to check out where you are you may be wondering about me here in this house can I tell you that we are practicing our social distancing we have read the city ordinance and we're making sure that we are doing everything we can to stay in compliance and so you know what that means that means that this room is pretty empty this morning. In fact, I wanna give you a shot of what the room looks like right now. 
it's pretty bare. There's not very many of us here except just the staff and the media team that are helping make it happen. I want to give an incredible shout out to them because you know every week they make the service of Living Church happen, but in a season like this, we super recognize how valuable, vital, and essential they are. And so I want to give a real thank you to each one of them for being here because they're here and serving. You're able to see what's happening here online. Man, we've been amazed by the engagement that you've shown us this week, by the way that you've uh, commented on every post, that you've shared it out to the people around you, that you've said, hey, here's some truth, here's some hope, here's some peace, and I want to pass it along. Man, we're so grateful for it. I want to give a special thank you to Bailey Griffin on our team. Man, she's been killing it this week, getting out all the content for us so that we can, but I just wanna ask you to continue to do just that, to share everything we're sharing with you, to continue to engage with us online, on social media, on our website. Man, if you have a need, we wanna meet it. So you can email us, you can send us a message, you can connect with us, because we wanna be able and available to you in this time to pray over you. And I want you, now that I've shown you what our room looks like, I want you to show me what your room looks like so take a selfie with your living room and your family or whoever you're watching living church at home with this morning and then tag us at living church and if you don't know how to tag us that's okay because you also get to use the hashtag that's just like the number sign for all us old people right the number sign and then living church at home no spaces so we can find you we can be connected we can stay connected in this time what a powerful tool that we have in social media right Right now to be connected to one another while we're uh, social distancing and staying apart. Man, it's awesome. I hope you'll join in and that you will continue to engage in everything God is doing here at Living Church. It's powerful and it's incredible and we're so grateful to be a part of it. If you missed it at the top of service, we have our kids service online. It's live right now. You can go to our Facebook page to find it. You can go to our YouTube page and just search for Living Church and it is there and available moms and dads get it going right now before the message starts but man we're so excited to be able to offer that to all our living kids today you know in this time of need this time of maybe a little bit of uncertainty in our world the church we believe should rise up and be a part and serve in the greatest ways we can. And so this week we were made aware of a need from our uh, local police department, for our first responders, for our hospital workers, and we're gonna do our best to solve it. So check out this video letting you know about this incredible opportunity. There's a few pressing needs in our community right now and I believe that we have a major solution for a few of them. In this season, as many people are off work, there's some of us that need to be at work even more. Police officers, firefighters, EMTs, and hospital workers. Our first responders aren't getting days off. They're actually needing to be at work more to help meet the needs of our city. And with that comes childcare. All of these men and women that are serving us have children that are now out of school that they need someone to help take care of them. That's a problem. But on the other side of the coin, we have a lot of people staying at home. We have high school students, college students that are home. We have waiters and waitresses and people that their businesses have closed, that they're sitting at home wondering how they can pay our bills. I really think that if we can come together, we can solve both of these problems through a little bit of organization. 
Here at Living Church, I believe that during crisis, the church needs to pray, but the church also needs to be serving. And so what we wanna serve as is a hub of information to help connect these two groups of people that have needs together. So if you're home right now and you're wondering how you can better provide for your family and pay your bills, or if you're sitting at home bored, maybe you're a teacher, a high school student, college student, that's looking for a way to give back, you really can make a difference for a firefighter, police officer, EMT, or hospital worker. So here's what we're proposing. We're not gonna make any money. As a matter of fact, it's gonna cost us a tremendous amount to pull this off. But if you're at home and you would like to have some opportunities to watch some children for some public servants, what I'd love for you to do is send us an email that's listed in the link below so that you can fill out an application so that we could run you through a screening process to make sure that you're ready and able to watch some children. And if you are a first responder and you have need of childcare, reach out to us via the same email. And our hope is that we can just match some people together. It's kind of like a dating app, except for childcare. And so let's go Mansfield. We can make a major difference if we don't just sit on our hands, but we say, hey, if we bond together, we can all get our bills paid. We can all have the public support that we need if we come together. So again, if you would like to help serve our first responders through some childcare, please respond and we'll have you go through an interview process and background check so that we know that you would be able to go into someone's home and watch a child. Or if you're a first responder that has need of childcare, reach out and we'll help connect you. There's a lot of details that we'll fill you in on after you reach out, but we really wanna make this connection happen. Thank you for all that you do for our first responders and thank you to the hundreds of you that I believe that are gonna reach out to help watch the children of those that are watching over us. Wow, what an incredible opportunity we as the church have to connect those who are in need of childcare while they go to work to those who are in need of work in this season. And man, it's our honor and our opportunity to get to serve our city in this way. And so if you're one of those people, if you fall in either group, whether you need to get to work but you don't have the childcare available, if you're a first responder or if you're a, a hospital worker or maybe you're a partner of Living Church, email us at childcare at livingchurch.com and we would love to get the application uh, process started with you. If you are someone who's in need of work in this season, you can also email us at childcare at livingchurch.com and we will start the process so we can connect those of you in need to each other. Man, it's an awesome opportunity we as the church have and we're excited to get to be a part of it and to serve our city in this way. Man, this babysitting hub is going to be exciting and powerful. I hope you'll email us. Again, it's childcare at livingchurch.com. It'll be posted on our Facebook page. It'll be posted on our website in case you didn't get the opportunity to write it down. It's an awesome thing that we get to do. You know, now is a time when normally we would pass the buckets and we would worship God with our giving, but just because we're at home doesn't mean we miss the opportunity to worship God in that way. In fact, because of the wonderful world of technology, it actually makes it easier to worship God consistently and, and faithfully in, by giving to God online or by giving in text to give. And if you've never done that before, man, I just want to give you an opportunity. I want to share with you the way that you can best do that. And so you can Google livingchurch.com forward slash 
giving and scroll down and right there is a button that says give online. If you click that button, you can follow the prompts to either set up a one-time gift to Living Church or you can follow along to set up an auto draft like Aaron and I do so we can give faithfully and consistently whether we're inside these four walls or not. In fact, that's the greatest way for the church to receive funds without any fees being taken away so that the full amount of finances are given to this house to produce the ministry of what God is doing in this place. You can also pull out your phone and just text a dollar amount to the number 84321. And then there gives you some prompts after that on your text message. And man, it's super simple and a great way that you can give to this house. And I just want to say thank you. I want to say thank you to the people of Living Church because you guys have been incredible this week, being faithful to God. You know, we believe and know that He is our provider, that He is the one who takes care of us, that He goes before us and paves the way. And I've been amazed all week. We've seen the faithfulness of the Living Church people, and I just want to give you guys a big shout out. You're doing incredible. Wow, keep going. Because of your faithfulness to give to this house, the Word of God, the word that Pastor Trustin is bringing today is not just reaching people in the city of Mansfield, but it's reaching people all around the world. And how many of you know that we all need a little hope right now? We all need a little peace and a little encouragement. And because you're giving to this house, we are able to produce that and share it, share the love of Jesus all around this place. Man, I'm so grateful to be a part of a house just like this. God, we love you. And we're so honored to give today to know that you are doing so much in your kingdom right now in this season. God, you're reaching people far from you right now and bringing them unto you. And we're so grateful that in our faithfulness to give to this place that you are able to continue to do that work and we get to be a very small part of what you're doing in the kingdom of God. God, we love you. We give gratefully. We give joyfully. We give expectantly. We can't wait to see all that's in store in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Y'all get ready. It's about to be an incredible word this morning. church man so glad that you're here with us this morning I don't know about you but it's been a wild week for me it's been a little bit boring and then a little bit busy all at the same time and I think that we've also learned that we're a little bit bougie here right when the grocery store doesn't have our favorite thing we might want to throw a little fit but man I believe that God is going to take this and do some incredible things last Sunday was our first week to kick off LC at home. And I want to say thank you to all of our team that's made that happen. But thank you to our LCers that were engaged and apart. You know, it was kind of weird. I was a little nervous last week about what it would be uh, like to preach to an empty room. But I had the mindset believing that there were 2,000 people watching. Can I tell you, after we added up the four services and the YouTube views and the website views, over 5,000 people engaged with the message in the service last week. So come on, give yourselves a hand. Thank you for watching, for sharing, for engaging. And I know that God's just getting started. Pastor Whitney showed a, 
my view this morning in her announcement slot of what the room looks like, and I really want to see what it looks like for you. So today, snap a pic, take a photo, even if you're in your PJs, even if you're eating some Cheerios, come on somebody, I want to see what it looks like, what Living Church looks like for you this morning. You know, there's been a lot of craziness walking around in life. There's a lot of things happening with the virus, with news reports, there's a lot of things uh, with canceled schools and closed businesses, but above all that, there are also regular life problems. It feels like when it rains, it pours. You know what I'm talking about? Like this week, Rachel and I had our kitchen sink break. I'm like, seriously? Is there not enough chaos happening? It's been raining really hard, so our closet flooded. I was driving my truck, and a new engine light came on. This little light of mine, I'm just going to let it shine, right? And so there's like these chaotic things that just keep happening. We spent too much money buying all the things. Our kids are Jamaican us crazy at home. And can I tell you, there's a lot of craziness happening. But in this season of life, with everything happening around us, we have to be intentional that we don't let those things get on the inside of us. That though the news reports and the situations in life can be chaotic, we don't want to let that chaos get into our mind and get into our heart. You know, a boat can survive some tremendous storms as long as that boat doesn't let the water get on the inside. And so throughout this season, church, I would encourage you to be intentional, to not let what's happening around you to really affect what's happening inside of you. You know, the biggest battle that we're in right now is not one that's external, but one that's internal, and it's a battle of the mind. The truth is the battle, it begins in our mind. The issues that we are facing are not as big as the issues that we are facing. The issues that we are facing, the things that are coming up in our life. Jesus, he told us that this would be the case in John 16, He said this, here on earth, you will have trials and sorrows. You're going to have some drama. You're going to have some chaos. Some stuff's going to be popping off in life. Here on earth, you will have trials and sorrows, but take heart because I have overcome the world. You see, Jesus already has victory over every situation that we walk through. Now, we're going to have trials and temptations and failures. And can I just tell you the reason that all that has happening is because we live in a fallen world. This disease, this epidemic, these chaotic situations that are happening are not caused by God. God did not send this plague on us as an attack or as a, a means to punish us. The reason that sickness is in the world is because sin has entered the world. Way back in the garden when Adam and Eve chose to eat a fruit that they were told not to, sin entered the world. And can I tell you, if Adam and Eve would have been perfect, and if all of humanity would have never sinned, eventually a guy named Trustin would have been born. And I would have messed it up. Because there's lots of times in my life I know the things I shouldn't do, and I do them anyways. But because sin is existent in our world, sickness is here as well. And so we have to understand that this is not something brought on by God. God's not schizophrenic. He doesn't love us one day and hate us the next day. He doesn't heal us in one moment and make us sick in the other moment. He doesn't forgive us and then forget about us. God's not schizophrenic. So I want us to make sure that we have the right theology and we understand that what we're walking through is not of God, that this is connected to sin and this is an attack in our lives and in our world. But you see, sometimes we get that confused because there's a battle going on in our mind. And if we don't navigate our thoughts properly, they're going to lead to our destruction. <clears throat> in war times, an enemy would look at the map and determine where their enemy would 
be walking through, and they would go and they would plant landmines in a field with the hope that as they were walking through or driving through that that enemy would get blown up. And modern uh, battlefields, they use IEDs, improvised explosive devices that they would place on roadsides with the hope that a caravan would drive over it to blow up a vehicle, therefore killing or maiming or disabling the forward process. And can I tell you that the devil, the enemy, Satan, Beelzebub, if you're south of the border, Diablo, come on somebody, right? That the devil, his goal is to plant landmines in our minefield that would maim us, kill us, or stop our forward progress. And so we have to learn how to navigate the minefield of life, all of these issues that are around us, so that we can still be making the progress that God has for us. He plants the landmines in our minefield, and we have to be aware that they're there. To stay healthy and to navigate this minefield, over these next coming days, we have to navigate a lot of thoughts, a lot of feelings, a lot of emotions, a lot of information. Listen to what the Bible says in Proverbs 23, verse 7. For as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. All throughout Scripture, there's a connection between our mind and our heart, between our logic and our emotions, between our understanding and our feeling, between what we think and what we're feeling. And in this time, it's very easy for those things to confuse each other and get so intertwined. I've learned for me that my life becomes what I think about. That my thoughts become my actions and my actions become my decisions. And then before I know it, my life is walking in a direction that my heart doesn't want to, but my mind has pushed me down for as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. I spent a lot of time teaching on this idea of our heart last year. We did a series here at Living Church called Above All Else. And if you're new and you haven't listened to it, it's an anchor series for our church, and I would encourage you to go and listen to it. We can binge watch a lot of things, but sometimes God's word is nothing better to binge watch. And so get God's word in your heart. It was founded out of this verse, Proverbs 4.23, which says, above all else, guard your heart. For everything you do flows from it, above all else. Above your toilet paper, guard your heart. Come on now. Above everything going on in life, that we need to be guarding our heart because everything, our peace, our joy, our sanity, or the way we raise our children, the way we keep our cool under pressure, it all flows out of our heart. But like I said throughout scripture, our mind and our heart are connected. And I don't have time to teach on all of the verses that that applies to, but another translation of Proverbs 4.23, the contemporary English Bible, it says this. Carefully guard your thoughts because they're the source of your life. That your thoughts are the source, that your thoughts are the foundation. You know what we need in the season of fear and panic and uncertainty? What we need are thoughts of peace. We need thoughts of peace. We need thoughts of calm and rest and comfort and safety. Isaiah 26, verse 12, it says this, Lord, you establish peace for us. You pour a foundation of peace. You establish, you build, you prepare, you set up a foundation of peace. I heard a story of a king that was really stressed out. He was overwhelmed with the responsibilities from the palace. His armies were engaged in war in different parts of the land, and the king was overwhelmed. And so he had an idea to help himself find some peace. He called some of the local artists into the palace, and he asked them, to go and 
paint him a painting. He commissioned a painting to hang on the palace wall. And he explained to them, I want all of you to take 30 days and to go and to paint the most beautiful painting you can that represents peace. So all the artists went back to their homes and to their studios and they began to paint. And after 30 days, they came back and they put their paintings on easels and covered them in a big black cloth to present them to the king. And one at a time, the king said, show me your painting. The first painter revealed his painting and it was a picture of a field. Calm field with blue skies with some flowers poking out here and there and the king looked at it and he just felt peaceful. Another painter revealed his painting. It was a picture of a beach with beautiful water and a palm tree and sand and it reminded the king of a trip that he had taken years ago and it brought some peace to his heart. Another artist revealed his painting and it was a snowy hillside with a little cabin, with a little chimney and a little smoke trail coming out of it and the solitude and the quiet and the cold made the king feel a little bit more peaceful. But then the last artist revealed his painting. As the king looked at it, he didn't understand exactly what he was looking at because the artist painted a picture of a jagged mountain edge with steep cliffs and sharp rocks and it was in the middle of a storm and rain was driving and lightning was crashing and the king looked at the painting and he thought surely this artist misunderstood what the objective was and the artist said to the king king would you just step a little bit closer so the king stepped a little bit closer and the painter just pointed to the bottom corner and in the bottom corner of the mountain there was a cleft in the rock a crack in the rock and in that crack was a little bird's nest And in that bird's nest was a mama bird with her arms stretched out, and under her arms was a little chick with a little music note coming out of his mouth. And the painter said to the king, King, peace is not the absence of trouble. It's staying steady in the storm. Peace is not about the environment that we place ourselves in. It's about the condition of our mind, the condition of our heart. And that little baby bird knew that no matter how hard the storm raged, It was safe in the nest of his mama's wings. And church, can I tell you that God is not absent, that God has not forgotten us, that even though the storm is raging, God is very aware of you, your need, your hunger, your situation, and he says, I got you. Peace is not the absence of trouble, but it's staying steady in the storm. We can think that peace means we don't have any problems. But we face problems in life. Like Jesus said, King David, in Psalms 23, he says, God, you prepare for me a table in the presence of my enemies. Can you imagine if all of a man's enemies were lined up around him trying to kill him, and then God cooks the guy a fantastic meal and sits him down and feeds him dinner? David says, in my most scary situation, Father, You bring me nourishment, you bring me safety, you bring me provision. The scripture goes on and it says that that though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you makest me lie down in green pastures? You see, sometimes the same situations are happening in our life. We have to ask, where do we want to live? Do we want to allow fear to trap us in the valley or do we want to allow God to lay us down in green pastures, come on somebody, so that we can have the peace that God has for us. The peace that God promises us allows to worship in the storm. Philippians chapter four, verse seven, it says this. 
And the peace of God, which transcends, which higher than all understanding, will guard your hearts and your mind in Christ Jesus. The peace of God, the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your mind, where? In Christ Jesus. That Jesus is the peace bringer. Sometimes in life, though, things hit the proverbial fan, don't they? It feels like when one thing is going wrong, a hundred things are going wrong. And for me, peace is having a built-in soundtrack. You all know what a soundtrack is? You're watching a movie and it has some music in the background. Peace for me is having a background soundtrack that says, it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. I know it's crazy. I know it's wild out here, but it's going to be okay. This week, we've been posting a whole lot on social media if you've been watching, and I've had some people reach out and ask me, Pastor Trustin, how do you look so normal? Why are you smiling? Why are you joking? Why, how are you still okay? And, and I think it's only because for years I've been trying to establish the right soundtrack in my mind. For years I've been trying to step my, set myself on God's peace and let myself know that it's okay, God's with me, even though things are out of control, I haven't been forgotten about. And most of the time, my soundtrack matches my theology. But sometimes, the soundtrack skips a beat. <laughs> sometimes it skips a beat and my theology, my soundtrack, they don't line up and I start saying things like, it's not gonna be okay. It's not gonna work out. I don't know what's gonna happen. God has forgotten about me. I'm not gonna pull out of this thing. And sometimes, I can feel like I'm a professional worrier. Anybody else? I'm so good at worrying that I can multitask my worry. I can worry about multiple things at the same time while doing other stuff. I can brush my teeth and worry. I can drive and worry. Come on, somebody, I'm good at it. I, I can be out on a date with my wife and be smiling, eating some ribs, and still be worried. I can be laying on a beach on vacation with my feet in the sand with the water tickling my toes, and I can still be worried. Sometimes I'm a professional worrier because my soundtrack gets off, because I stop thinking about the things that I need to be thinking about. Look at what Jesus says in Luke chapter 12, verse 25, to all of us who worry. He says, who of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to your life? Since you cannot do this very little thing, why do you worry about the rest? We can't add an hour to our lives through worrying, but you know what worry can do? It can take way more than an hour from your life. Worry causes stress and high blood pressure. It causes anxiety. It steals our sleep so we're not healthy. Worry can take an hour, but it can't give an hour. And Jesus says, why do we keep worrying? Matthew 6, 34. He says, therefore, do not worry about tomorrow. For tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. But that verse is hard. Do not worry about tomorrow. That might be one of the hardest commands in the Bible. Moses is 10, I'm cool with not murdering somebody. I'm cool with trying to not lie. Some of those things are really easy to check off and make sure that we don't do. But this command from Jesus that says, do not worry about tomorrow, that's a tough one. But Jesus goes on and he teaches us how we cannot worry. Matthew chapter 11, verse 28, there's three things I wanna pull out of this verse. Let me read it. He says, come to me. Jesus says, come to me, all of you who are weary and burdened, 
represents a lot of us this week. And I will give you rest. You see, when you're not peaceful, you can't rest. You find yourself just laying in bed awake, worrying. Come to me, all of you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. And take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. The first thing out of that verse that I see is when Jesus says, come to me. So the first thing we need to do in the season is we need to go to Jesus. We need to run to Jesus. We need to spend time with Jesus. Can I tell you that the source of peace is not a pill? It's not a program. It's not a paycheck. The greatest source of peace is a person whose nickname is the Prince of Peace, that we would go to Jesus, and that's how we could have real peace. A lot of people throughout his ministry came to Jesus looking for healing, looking for a miracle, looking for an answer to a question. But here, Jesus says, I have something even more than all of that. I'll give you peace and rest, and I'll give you comfort. The problem that we have in our modern life is not an overloaded body, but an overloaded mind. Our mind is running a marathon every hour, and it gets overwhelmed. But Isaiah 26, verse 3 says, You will keep in perfect peace those whose minds are steadfast because they trust in you. God, you're going to keep our minds steadfast because we trust in you. There's a lot of things that we can do in life to find peace, to unwind. I know that there are things for me. Maybe for you to unwind, you like to go to the gym and work out and get a sweat going. Maybe for you to unwind, you like to go to the, to, to go to the movies and sit down and forget your problems and watch a favorite movie. Maybe for you, you like to go to a restaurant and eat a good meal, drink some sweet tea. Come on now. And you like to let your problems go. Maybe you like to go golf or you like to watch sports or you like to go to the mall and go shopping. All of those things are great, but we're in this weird time where the things that we would normally do to manage our stress, we aren't even able to do. You can't go to the gym. You can't go to the movie theater. You can't go to the mall. You can't go watch sports. You you can't do all of these things that we would normally do to, to unwind, but even though there's nothing wrong with them, the truth is all of these things that I do to unwind and prevent stress don't actually prevent stress. They just distract my mind from the stress. They're just a distraction. We just go to the gym or just go to eat a meal or just go to play a game to distract us from the reality of what's going on. But what if this week, instead of filling our mind with distractions, we actually pulled away and connected to God? What if this week we actually went after Jesus? What if this week we changed our soundtrack? What if we just didn't watch another movie or another TV show or another news report, but we really connected with Jesus? What if we really got our Bible and a journal and got quiet for 20 minutes, for 30 minutes, for five minutes? What if we really just connected with Jesus and believed what his scripture says, that he says, come to me and I'll give you peace? You know, you can take 15 minutes every morning and literally change your soundtrack of your whole day. With 15 minutes with God every morning, you can change the entirety of your trajectory of your whole day. But you know what most of us do every morning? Is we wake up, and the first thing we reach for is this. Am I preaching to somebody? The first thing that we do is we wake up, I reach over, I grab my phone, and I start to see what's going on. This device is created to bring us information. 
I want to see, did I get a text? Did I get an email? Do I have a voicemail? What's happening on social media? The problem is, is that most of the information that comes through this to me causes me a problem. I have to respond to the text. I have to respond to the email. I have to handle something that's going on. We're constantly busy and engaging. But what if instead of reaching for this, we started reaching for this? What if for the first 15 minutes of our day, we said, you know what? I'm not going to check the text message. I'm not going to look at my email. I'm not going to see what my calendar has to say. But God, I'm going to establish the soundtrack of my day through allowing you to have some peace in my heart. I want to challenge you in this season. As your home, as we're home, as life is chaotic, to change the soundtrack of our life. Every single week here at Living Church for about three years on Wednesday mornings, we have Wednesday morning prayer from 8 to 10. The church is just open and people can come and pray, and unfortunately, we've had to stop doing that for the last couple weeks. But this hour in my week has been a part of my saving grace. That I can come in and there's nobody who can talk to me and there's nobody who can engage with me and I can just come down to an altar and pray and connect with God. And can I tell you in those moments, he speaks clarity. I can't tell you how many times I'll pray and I'll get an answer for something I've been worried about. And it's not that God just figured the answer out. It's that I just shut up long enough to listen to him. (laughs) We spend so much time with our mind occupied that we don't even give God an opportunity to speak. Come to me. All of you who are wearied and burdened, I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. We got to get yoked up. So point number two is we have to connect with Jesus. You know, a yoke is not the yellow part of an egg. A yoke is a farm implement that's meant for partnership. It's an implement of partnership. It's a piece of wood that is placed between two animals so that they could have more power together. The purpose of the yoke is to lighten the load of the one. But many times in life, we have a yoke, but we don't allow Jesus on the other side. Jesus, look at what it says. He says, take my yoke upon you. But what we think is we think, I'm strong enough. I got this. I don't need anybody else's help, but can I tell you something? We do not need to try to go through life carrying all the stress and anxiety and worry alone. You don't know why? We're not strong enough. Over time, I would start to droop and feel pain and get bent out of shape. We're not strong enough. Our bodies are not meant and able to carry the stress, the worry, and the anxiety of life. And instead of allowing Jesus to come in and engage with us, many times what we do is we shut up the other side. We say, hey, you know what? I don't want Jesus to be, have access. I want fear to be yoked up with me. And so we have fear that's connected to us. And then fear, it brings worry. Fear always transitions into something else. We find ourselves worrying about things that Jesus says to bring to him. And then after we're done worrying, that worry, it turns into stress. And that stress is a killer. That stress steals our peace, it steals our sleep, It steals our joy. And so what we do is we find ourselves walking through life like this. We we know that the word says that we need to allow God to yoke up with us. But instead, we've literally filled the place where Jesus should go so he can't even gain access. But I want to show you what Jesus wants to do. My friend Aaron's going to come. What Jesus wants to do is he wants to remove our stress, 
our worry, our fear. He wants to pull those things off of our hearts, out of our minds, and then he wants to come and insert his strength in our situation. And when Jesus will come and we lit him into our life, we now have more power. We now have more stability. There's still some weight on me to accomplish the things that God's called me to do, but I'm no longer carrying the weight alone. The scripture says that his yoke is easy, that his burden is light. And can I tell you something? Worry has no legs. Worry can't support you. Stress can't support you. Those things don't have any strength, but God's back is stronger than yours is. His legs are thicker than yours are. He has the capacity to help you get through any situation. The question is, are you connecting with him? Are you connecting with Jesus? Or are we only spending our time worrying about things that we can't change anyways? Good God, I'm preaching to an empty room, somebody, that we have to understand that God wants to be with us. Let Jesus stick his head into your life. Take a minute for him to stick his head in. For him to say, hey son, hey daughter, what's going on? What are you feeling? What are you thinking? Let Jesus connect to you. We can do this through spending time in God's word, through prayer. We can let Jesus stick his head into our life through having godly friends that want to connect with us. I know you can't go to dinner, but you might be able to FaceTime. You still might be able to have a conversation via text. We can still have some community so that we can grow and we can connect to the church. Can I tell you, this band is not going to be forever. And I believe that when we come back, the living church is going to be stronger than ever because the people of God are going to be able to come back. You know, sometimes absence makes the heart grow fonder. And I believe that in this absence that we're becoming fonder of the church, fonder of the body of Christ, that we could be back in unity. Read it again, Matthew eleven twenty eight. Jesus says, come to me, all of you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, third thought, and learn from me. We need to learn from Jesus. He says, for I am humble, I am gentle in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. So we've got to go to Jesus, we've got to connect to Jesus, and we've got to learn from Jesus. This week as I was looking at this verse, it stood out so strong because he says, learn from me for I am gentle and humble in heart. He says, I'm gentle and humble, gentle and humble. And I don't get that. Because when I'm stressed out, I don't want to be gentle and humble. I want to be powerful and in control. When the grocery stores are out of food, I don't want to be gentle and humble. I want to be dominant and in charge. But Jesus says, learn from me something that you don't know, son. Learn from me something that goes against the grain. Learn from me something that you wouldn't naturally do. You know what's opposite of gentle? Is harsh and irritable and disagreeable and uncompassionate. Have you found yourself this week being irritable or harsh or disagreeable or uncompassionate? Jesus says, hey, son, hey, daughter, learn from me. Learn from me how to be gentle, how to be mellow, how to be moderate, how how to be pleasant, how to be tender. Learn from me. This is what's going to bring you peace. And he says, for I am humble. You know, the opposite of humble is prideful, is arrogant, is thinking that we know best. The opposite of humble is being brash or rude or uncivilized or upset or egotistical. And how easy is it when things are chaotic to think that we always have the right answer and everybody else is wrong. Jesus says, learn from me 
for I'm humble, I'm respectful. Jesus says, I'm polite, I'm putting others first, I'm full of loving and kindness. This is how we navigate the minefield. We go to Jesus, we connect to Jesus, and we learn from Jesus. Come to me, all of you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I'm gentle and humble of heart, and you will find rest for your soul. Your soul is who you are. We're made up of body and of soul and of spirit. Our soul is our mind and our emotions, our attitudes, our personalities. It's who we are. And Jesus is going to provide peace and rest and joy for who we are. That's how we navigate the battle of the minefield. That's how we miss the explosions that the enemy has for us. I referenced King David earlier. And if you've been attending Living Church for a while, we just got out of a series where David killed Goliath. And so I've started to think, what was David's soundtrack? As David stood before a giant, what was the soundtrack that was playing in his mind? What's the song that he was thinking? What were the things that were upon his heart? He wasn't singing about how big Goliath was. He was thinking about how good his God was. He was saying, though they slay me, yet will I trust him. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you makest me lie down. Though my enemies are all around me, you prepare for me a table. And so I've got to imagine that before David even interacted with Goliath, that the soundtrack of his mind is what he wrote for us in Psalms 23. And so I ask our band to take a minute and to put Psalms 23 to a song. And they're going to sing it over us. And I want us to receive it as a prayer. And that we would say, God, help me to find the peace that you have for me. So if you would, let this song minister to your heart this morning. Oh, Lord, my 
in the presence of terror. That even in the presence of confusion and fear and anxiety, we know that you are our shield, that you are our protector, that you are our provider, that you, your yoke is easy and your burden is light. And Lord, we remember that we are just called to cast our cares upon you. And so, Father, I pray for every man, for every woman, for every child, for every family within the sound of my voice, in every computer screen, in every speaker across the land, Lord, that you would bring them a peace that surpasses understanding. Lord, that in this tumultuous time that they would have joy that bubbles up from within. That they would be a light, a beacon of hope. That we would not allow what the enemy meant for evil to ruin us. But that you would take what the enemy meant for evil and turn it for our good. And so, Father, we decree that we are strong. That through you we have strength. That in our weakness we are mighty and not easily overtaken. That we run into a fortress that is your name. Lord, this week help us to change our soundtrack. To not just play the what-ifs and the fear, but to play the declarations of your word over our mind and over our hearts. Father, I ask that you would help every dad and every mom to help lead their children well this week. Because the way that we respond to stress is teaching our children how to react. And our children are still going to grow up in a world that's full of sin and hurt and chaos. And Lord, we want them to not be shaken in shaky times. We thank you, Lord, for your love. Maybe you've watched this service today. You'd say, Pastor, that really spoke to me, but I'm not even sure that I'm in a relationship with Jesus. Can I tell you that all of us have sinned and all of us have fallen short of the goodness of God? But that God loves us so much that he gave his one and only son, Jesus Christ, to die on a cross to pay the payment for our sin. You see, we had a debt that we could not pay on our own. And God said, I got you. I'll wipe your debt away. I'll wrap you in my robe of righteousness and make you new. All we have to do is ask him to forgive us of our sins. It's that simple. Sometimes we say, well, pastor, that's too simple. Jesus said that we need to come to him with the faith of a child. I know that we've done wrong. I know that we've made mistakes. I know that there's some shame and regret in our lives, but Jesus came to wash all of that away if we'll let him. So I'm gonna pray a prayer, and if you're at home watching and you wanna pray this prayer, all you have to do is speak it out. You don't have to meet me. You don't have to be in this place, but you do need to meet God. He's on the front porch of heaven watching, saying, come on home, son. Come on home, daughter. I want to be in relationship with you again. So if you would, pray this prayer with me. Dear God, forgive me my sin and come into my heart. From this day forward, I'm going to live for you. Make me new. Wash my past sin away. God, I believe because of your love that my best days are ahead of me. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for never forgetting about me. Thank you for being with me in those scary moments. I believe that my life change starts today. We thank you, Lord, in your name. Amen. 
You know, the Bible says that if you asked the Lord into your heart, that if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart, that God is faithful and just and he will forgive you of your sins. And so our ask is that you wouldn't walk through this faith journey alone, but that you'd engage with us, that you would connect with us here at Living Church because we want to help you. The easiest way for you to do that is to send a text, send the words, what's next, to the number 555-888. what's next, one word with no space. And one of our pastors or one of our elders will connect with you and talk about what your next steps are. Come on, Living Church, will you give a hand for all those that prayed that prayer with us this morning? Man, so good. We're so glad that you made that decision and I hope you'll engage with us If you at Living Church have any uh, prayer need or want to make any uh, connection and comment to us, you can comment in the Facebook below. You can send an email to info at livingchurch.com. You can uh, message us on Messenger and we will respond to you. It's our hope and our heart that we can stay connected in this season and in this time. We're going to continue to be here every Sunday at 8.30, 10. 11:30 and 1 bringing the word of God into your home wherever you are right now and man we want to stay connected. We're going to continue to pour out content all week long so that we can be connected here as a body of Christ so we can encourage one another so that we can sharpen ourselves as even though we're in our homes we can still grow and develop into all that God has for us. We love you. We're so honored that we get to be a part of this body of Christ together that we get to be the living church in this season and man we love you we're so glad you joined us today we hope that the kids had a great time too and if you missed it you can log on to the youtube and search living church and you can find it there and watch it with your kids right now we love you guys we'll see you next week have a great week